Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. It's Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, and I'm desperately hoping it's on the screen. Otherwise, ah, beautiful. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. It is so good to be together. I was thinking when we were doing the membership thing, it's been this way for years. You notice Jordan Wells coming up to be a member. He's only been here like a year and a half. And Emily Huey suddenly gets on staff, now decides to become a member. That's our strategy for membership. We hire people, and then they finally go through the process. It is really good for us to be together as one large group today in this one-service celebration as we're wrapping up this Fire Pit Conversations series. But beyond that, we are here today to kind of pause together as a church family and reflect on and celebrate the many good things God is doing among us. And in a fast-paced, hurried, chaotic, broken, fragmented, divided world, we are a small sliver of the body of Christ in this town in which we serve and minister, in this time of history, and throughout the history of the church. So the center of the universe, and certainly the center of what God is doing in the world, does not run through Uh, Oak Hills. We are a small sliver of what he is up to. And one of the challenging aspects of doing and being church in a modern and material world is that we can't completely define church in exact detail. We can't completely explain what church is and how it functions all the way through. I know for me, external measurements of church success, things like attendance and Uh, giving while encouraging and good and worth looking at are never completely satisfying and they're never completely convincing. And they usually seem a bit hollow and even shallow. And so there is a beautiful, elusive mystery, I think, in the body of Christ when she is moving in the flow of God's Spirit and when His goodness is being poured out. It is not wise, I don't think, to overanalyze this. It's not wise to try to explain it. It certainly isn't wise to try to program it. So I'm going to say this with some hesitation today, but we think God is doing some really good things in our midst. And we've set this day, February 11th, to celebrate the good things he has been doing in individual lives and the good season we are in as a congregation. And we have referenced this goodness and this good season at various times over the past several months, and it may sound like hyped-up rhetoric to keep the wheels of the Oak Hills machine turning. It is, for sure, a subjective assessment, so it's probably not every single person's sense that all sorts of good is happening at Oak Hills. It certainly is not a statement intended to elevate Oak Hills, 
above any other church or above what God is doing in other places. But just by way of uh, authenticity, my tendency with myself, with my marriage, with everything, certainly with the church, is to notice the flaws and pay attention to what is broken and break something if it isn't broken. Uh, Pay attention to what isn't going so well. And in the course of doing so, I often miss the goodness and maybe even miss the, the moment to stop and celebrate. And over an extended amount of time, last several months, I'm not sure how long of a time frame to put on it, but a wide range of different voices who are involved in different things have sensed God doing, for lack of a better phrase, a fresh work among us. He seems to, has, to have graced us with a fresh encounter of his presence. The words are inadequate, they will fail to try to capture this, but it seems his spirit has been rustling and stirring in a bunch of different ways, and his goodness is shaping our church family. There seems to be something in the air, maybe we could say. And this idea of goodness is one way to try and capture what it is. The compelling goodness of the Spirit of God moving among us, people being shaped in the character of Jesus. We, as a community, as a congregation, being shaped in his character. Hard clods of soil in hearts, in relationships, being broken up. Risks being taken in the name and for the sake of Jesus. Surprising stories of transformation and of the Spirit's transforming work. People actually changing in ways they can describe. Deep levels of connection happening between people. All kinds of people stepping out and ministering to others, using their gifts, helping other people grow. Let me try this. Less control, less bubble, less fear, greater freedom to risk. This kind of pulsating culture, to use the words of Paul in Romans 15, 13, this pulsating culture of hope, joy, and peace. And these last five weeks, significant goodness, almost indescribable goodness around fire pits where authentic and vulnerable conversations happened between people who didn't even know each other. But they are hungry for connection and they're hungry for substance, real conversations about things that matter. And they are hungry for this mysterious idea of an in Christ relationship. Our scripture reading was one verse, Romans 15, 13. It is the only thing that will be on this screen. Something good was happening in the church of Rome. It wasn't all good, but goodness was in the air. Freedom was on the rise. A breakthrough of some kind was happening. A culture, we might say, pulsating with hope and with goodness. And what was happening, or at least one of the things that was happening, is that different people, Jews and Gentiles, who had absolutely nothing in common and were often at odds with each other, they had different opinions and different ideas about all sorts of things. And in the Church of Rome, they had different opinions and different ideas about things like eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols, which is a common issue, very relevant to our time. Uh, Yeah. Uh, drinking wine was an issue. Observing the Sabbath, they had different opinions on that. The role of the Torah 
and the importance of circumcision. All these things were uh, people had different ideas about. But these different people in the church of Rome were coming together and they were uniting in Jesus and through Jesus. The Spirit of God was melding them into a community of different people who loved and followed the same Jesus. And they were learning to submit their differences to him and to one another. They were learning to love one another and follow Jesus together even though they had all these differences. Something good was happening in the church. And it couldn't be written off to a tactic or to a technique known to foster greater group cohesiveness and harmony. The spirit was stirring. And I love Paul's prayer for them. It's also his desire, if you want to say it this way, it's his wish for the church in Rome. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the key components of inexplicable goodness in the air, what, what is it? Those components are all jammed into this single verse. The power of the Holy Spirit breathing hope and joy and peace into a community of Christ followers who are learning how to trust him in everything. The power of the Spirit at work in us and among us. And so we're clear on this, and I guess it's important I want to say this, so you know where we're coming from as a staff, as an elder board, and so you know where I'm coming from. This goodness, as we're calling it today, this power of the Spirit at work among us is not primarily an issue of attendance, though that's been wonderful. It's not primarily an issue of money, though that's been extraordinary. It's not primarily an issue of programs. We've got plenty of them. It's not primarily an issue of numbers regarding this or that. This goodness we are talking about is indicated mostly by the stories of those who are experiencing this goodness in a wide variety of ways. They're getting a taste of the hope Jesus Christ offers, the joy he imparts, and the peace he brings. And I believe this in my bones. When the Spirit of God is moving, stories are written. Stories get told. Surprising things begin to occur. Unexpected things begin to occur. Unexpected people grow in unexpected ways. Have you, has anyone ever put you in a box. You know the phrase. We say it all the time. Don't put me in a box. You're putting me in a box. I put them in a box. You ever been put in a box? Obviously, not literally, but you know, you get put in a box, then the person or the group folds the sides of the box up, and then they duct tape the box shut, and then they put a label and a marker on the outside of the box, and they pick the box up, and they go find a spot on the shelf, and they drop it on the shelf, and then with one last head shake, they walk away. And there you sit, in the box, on the shelf, labeled, understood, that's who they are, that's who they'll always be. I think when the Spirit is moving, the boxes we put people in get taken off the shelf, and one of those little box cutter knives, down the middle, and they get ripped open, and something fresh begins. Something new starts to emerge. See, we can't believe in authentic spiritual transformation and 
put people in boxes. If we believe in transformation, then we will take risks with people because we believe the Spirit is doing something in us. And maybe he's doing something in them, and the risk is how we find out. And you know, I want Oak Hills to be a place where we are known for believing in what God can do in anyone willing to let him do it. I want us to believe in those who seem forgettable, whose label on the outside of their box says forgettable or ignorable or outdated or too old or too young or too broken or too far gone. I want us to believe in those whose shame has crushed their belief in themselves. Because when the Spirit is moving, nothing is impossible. Not my words taken straight from the Bible. When the Spirit is moving, there's no such thing as too far gone. If we are willing, if anyone is willing, the Spirit will take us on an adventure of spiritual formation and we will experience His transforming power and we will change. And maybe this is just how I think about this. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong completely. But when the Spirit is moving, it seems to me We see it in the details, in the particles of life and relationships and soul, in the specifics. We see it in the small things and then quickly realize the small things are not small things. So some stories, these fire pits have been mind-boggling to a whole bunch of us. Multiple stories of incredibly authentic and vulnerable conversations happening around fires where people who didn't even know each other had gathered to share. And all of a sudden, the mere asking of a question, kaboom, out it all comes. This latent desire for community, for connection, for conversation. And you know what? I cannot remember a series we had planned so poorly. I can't. With such short notice, we put... Zero time into this. And yet all this good happened. Here's the moral of the story. Mike, Manuel, Jordan, Mike, and Mike. Get out of the way. Let me talk about Heart for a minute. You've heard about Heart for several weeks, maybe months. It's this ministry to the homeless in our community. A bunch of different churches in our town are involved in it. Uh, We've had two weeks of the winter shelter, which is part of heart, that have taken place uh, in our church upstairs in the chapel. All kinds of people volunteering from many different churches, many from ours, people giving up their time, spending the night upstairs on a cot, pouring themselves out to be with people who have dignity and who are loved by God and to learn from people who have dignity and are loved by God. And I simply want to say regarding this, God is stirring. There's this goodness in the air. And if you don't believe me, talk to Ann Bodner or Judy Sutherland, and their passion will gush forth from them, and you'll feel like you're in whitewater rapids because they care so deeply. How about a story, a little bit about what's happening in here, in this room when we gather on Sundays? Funny thing, 
this gathering on Sundays. A bunch of diverse people get together, sing songs with predictable rhymes. Some of them raise their hands. Other people, well, instead of raising their hands, check their Facebook account. And then they sit and they listen to someone talk who's not nearly as compelling as they think they are. And some respond by scribbling notes and others are sound asleep and others are dreaming of lunch. And sometimes the guy who is standing there talking is dreaming of lunch (laughs) while he's talking. And I can't help this, uh, but I sit back sometimes. I take all this in and I look at it all. I just sort of absorb it and go, you know, just on the surface, this is kind of weird what we do. But, and again, this may be another subjective opinion worthy of the garbage can. But something happens when we gather in humility with an awareness of God's presence and we press into issues of life and heart with authenticity and with vulnerability. And we pray and we worship and we feast at the Lord's table and minister to one another. Something good happens and has been happening and the Spirit moves. And again, subjective, but I think, and many of us think, he's been moving in a fresh way. I heard a story recently from a person who is very new to Oak Hills. Been here only a few months. And when they came through the doors, from outside, through the doors, into the lobby, for the first time a couple of months ago, their life was not going well at all. They were actually heartbroken because they were in the middle of difficult suffering. And God was not really in the mix, but somehow through the suffering, there was a sense of maybe it was time. So they had to figure out where to go. And they asked a friend, I'm kind of feeling a stirring, life's not going well. I don't know, where, where should I go to church? And the friend said, take a couple weeks and ask God and see if he answers you. What a thought. So they started praying, and as the story was relayed to me, they said, I started praying, where should I go to church? And the phrase, Oak Hills, came to mind. Kind of strange. I said, well, had you ever been to Oak Hills? Why? I mean, that's not like two words people generally put together. And this is what they said. No, never really been there, but over 10 years ago, I sent one of my children to this camp. Um, uh, high school, our, our, our camp, arts camp, arts camp. And so I had that recollection, and maybe that's why the name came up. So I decided I'll Go to Oak Hills. Another arts camp story, by the way. So they walked into the service on this particular day, and they sat down all alone. Not just alone in here, but alone in life and in heartache. And right when they sat down, whatever started happening, emotions started to churn. And one of you noticed them sitting all alone. And one of you took the risk of turning to them and inviting them to sit with you. And it profoundly impacted this hurting person. Now, in my mind, that's the spirit on the move. That's the life of God flowing out of a person. That is the goodness God brings when we risk for him. And I have a sense 
Some of you may be thinking, really, Mike? That seems kind of small. Small? Really? I agree. It's small. But the Spirit stirs in the details. And it seems to me, reaching out with risk to invite someone sitting alone to sit with you is the fruit of authentic worship, or at least part of it. It's the fruit of a life with God. Someone told me recently it's hard for them to come to church because they come alone. Just had a wild thought when they told me this. What if we were all to come into this gathering with our eyes open more? What if this wasn't so much a gathering to come and get, but a gathering to come and give? What if an increasing number of people came into this gathering with their eyes open and their hearts in step with the Spirit, and they took risks for the sake of God and for the sake of others? What if we came here realizing the Spirit does a whole bunch in these gatherings that has nothing to do with what's happening up here? It has to do with noticing one another and being present to one another and seeing one another and caring for one another and being with one another with a sense of the spirit orchestrating these things. Well, this person who came for the first time just a few months ago and was invited to sit with another told me now today they come and they invite anyone they see who's sitting alone to join them. And in the midst of their challenge and their suffering, which has not gone away, hope is rising, joy is being experienced in trial, and a desire to follow Jesus and experience his presence is on the rise. Stories. We've talked in recent weeks about our youth, and we could go on and on about what has happened and is happening in our youth ministry. The journey group, which may mean something to some of you. The stories of people who have hard clods of soil being broken up and they're experiencing God in ways they've never even imagined. Last weekend's Understanding People Retreat, which I'm going to talk about in a moment, and what God was up to there. The Tuesday morning women's Bible study and what God is up to there. Jamie and Jason and the risk they took and how God is showing up there. Our community prayer times that we have uh, on the second Wednesday of the month and what God's doing there. Stories. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we sent out a communication this week. Some of you may have got it. We want to take some unhurried time to give you a chance to reflect on how you have seen God work in your life and in your relationships, or around the fire pits that you have visited over the past several weeks. We're good with microphones, right? Yes, thank you, sir. Um, So this is a time for us to call out the good that we've been experiencing ourselves, what God's been up to in our situation, what he's been doing in our lives, where we've seen him in our relationships, or maybe where we saw and experienced him around the fire pits we sat at. These are times, uh, this is a time for what we call, for those of you who don't know, words of the people. And these words of the people are very important because they remind us that church is not the stuff 
happening up here. But your voice, your story, your words shape us as a community. And the Spirit uses your words to remind us of who we are. Someone in the church whom I respect a great deal often tells me in our times of words of the people, that's when they connect with the larger body of Christ. It's where they realize again we are indeed a family and we're connected to each other. We're knit together by the Spirit. So there's microphones, three of them, facing that way because it's words of the people. We're telling one another stories. My encouragement is to make it as short as you can. My encouragement is to focus on what we've been talking about. Where's the Spirit moving in you? What's He up to in your situation? How did He minister to you around the fires? How is He shaping you? Or, this is certainly worth doing as well, call out the good you're seeing. Call out the good you're seeing in someone else. Where the Spirit has done something in someone else and you've had the privilege of seeing it. So I've never done this before, but I'm going to actually start Words of the People for two reasons. There's something that I want to say and also give you a chance to reflect and think, what's God been up to and what would he have me share with my family in this words of the people. So I'm going to call out the good in someone that has been at Oak Hills forever. Uh, I was at the Understanding People retreat last weekend for not very long, just an hour or an hour and a half. There were about 65 people there, and it was being led by Evie DeRoos. Many of you know Evie. Um, She's been at Oak Hills for a long time, and over many, many years, Evie has helped me understand who I am just in our conversations. She's helped me understand who God is in ways I didn't before. And she's helped me find God and experience Him, given who I am, and continues to do this just by who she is. And I was, again, at the retreat for just a short time last weekend, and I was absolutely stunned by her leadership, by the way she was leading this group of 60-plus people into a deeper understanding of who God is and who they are in him. And it occurred to me how much good God has done in her, knowing a little bit about her journey, the way she has stepped forward with a degree of confidence in the Spirit of God. And God has done so much good in her. And our community is stronger because she is a part of it. And I am tempted at this point to have her stand, but she might get really mad at me, so I'm not going to do that. But just know she has shaped me, and I know many of you realize this, she is shaping our church. So the microphones are open. We're going to let this go as long or as short as needed. And my encouragement to you is not to underestimate your voice, your story. What's God been up to? What could you share that would be... Uh, that would minister to the rest of us. Whoever wants to come, invite you to come. Morning. My name's Kevin. Uh, My wife and I had the honor uh, and privilege of hosting three groups, but it was really the same group three times. Um, And I want to tell you about the morning after. I found myself worshiping here, weeping, uh, not only because of what was shared 
in our group over and over. Oh, even though it was the same group, it went in three different very, very beautiful directions uh, for each group. It wasn't just the weight of what was shared, but it was the honor of people stepping uh, from darkness into the light and saying, here I am. This is me. And letting others walk with them. And so for those that sat in my living room around our fake fire pit, and for those of you who have taken those risks, I want to say thank you for letting us be a part of that. You don't have to wait until whoever's getting up is done. You can stand awkwardly at any of the open microphones. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Dick Lane. Yes, I'm the Dick Lane that if any of you were at the 9 a.m. worship service a few weeks ago, our senior pastor called me out. You know how he did that? He talked about a fire pit conversation group, a new one starting up, that is intergenerational. There'd be young people there, people in their 20s, teens, 30s, 40s, and some old people. And he said, Dick, you might want to sign up for that. <laughs> I did. And I was blessed. I didn't know who was going to be there. It surprised me. I think it was supposed to be around 10. There were 14, 15 people there. And basically, we just started by getting to know each other, just talking about ourselves a little bit, and some points came up, and I mean, I'm there because the group went up to 50, so I represented three generations, those in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, all right? But I learned, I was touched, and I was taught by mature high school students and some uh, young lady in college and many others who shared in such a way that we all came together at the end of it and said, you know, we've got to meet again next week. And we did. And we're talking about, well, maybe we'll meet every other week for a period of time. And we're Where'd this come from? All I can say is that uh, it's wonderful as a mature man. I like that term better than senior, you know. But uh, to learn from young people, to know that teens have something to say that I need to hear, that people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, give me insight that I didn't have. So I'm just saying that um, I just give tremendous praise to those who organized this idea, but most of all, the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, who guided this, because I experienced it in our fire pit conversation in a generational group. And I was greatly blessed by being there. I'm looking forward to our next meeting.
Um, my name is Tucker. Uh, this isn't necessarily um, about the fire pit so much as just about the, the church congregation total. Um, I'm sure you've seen my wife Chelsea and I's little kids running around, Abby and Josiah. And one of the things that we love about our congregation is how much love and um, just grace that you show our kids and pour into them. Currently, our son's being held by Jackie Diamantel right now. And it's just that um, support that we have that our kids get to grow up in a church family that they can call home. Our kids love coming here. Abby looks forward to it every Sunday, um, every Tuesday when she comes to the women's Bible study. So we just we thank you for being our church family and for putting that dedication into them. Amen. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Maureen. Um, through a non-church related um, aspect, I feel like God has been shining through. Um, in my work with a care management company, a few weeks ago we brought a viewing of the movie Alive Inside, which is a documentary, if, no, if you haven't heard of it. It's about Alzheimer's disease and individuals who are suffering from Alzheimer's disease and have kind of um, become secluded from society, can no longer communicate. By bringing them the gift of music from their youth, um, playing their wedding song, playing songs from when they grew up, that connection that it can reawaken the spirit inside of them. And um, I helped bring this movie to the Folsom um, High School. We um, co-hosted this. And just the stories that were sh um, from me sharing with one of my family members and her expressing her grandma was actually on hospice and had Alzheimer's disease and she was talking about how she was going to go play that favorite song they used to share. And just the different stories that really show God shining through. The movie's not about God, but God is there. And it just is really inspirational to me. Um, so I feel like that's been something that he's kind of pushed me in that direction has really been a gift to me. Good morning, everyone. My name's Christine. Um, Mike talked about boxes, and I wanted to thank many of you for being a box cutter. And the box that you cut open was a young team named Anaya. Um, she was a 15-year-old, very energetic, beautiful young girl that came, with a, came to us um, periodically in the last year. Uh, Anaya was with the Adopt Award program, and when she started coming to Oak Hills, she had been in juvenile hall three times. She was en route to a group home and pretty alienated from her mother. And you cut open the box by welcoming her uh, with open arms over and over again, by asking about her, by praying for her, and by inviting her back. And I'm really, really joyous. Uh, today, Anaya is reunited with her mother. Um, the anger has, has gone away. She is very calm. She's very optimistic. She has gone from continuation high school to uh, Vista del Lago, where she's involved in dance. And she also just became Miss Teen Folsom. So thank you for your love to her. It made a difference. My name's Pete. And... Um, I'm going through this program here that Oak Hill kind of puts on called the Journey Group. 
And I was kind of forced into it by the guy behind me. <laughs> and because it's a lot of work. It's six months. Um, it took me seven years to go through college. I thought I would never do homework again. And this has a lot of homework in it. And I've written a 10-page paper, apparently. And what really the purpose was, it was to see how God works in our lives, right? And it was a deep, intense study. I didn't think there was much. Ten pages, there's a lot. Um, current pains, current wounds, um, current things I'm dealing with, um, and just how I've looked back and orchestrated and see how God actually works in my life and how they've done it, um, and just kind of see how it all fits and bring the journey. So I will have to say, as much as I want to say I don't like you, Mike, that was actually a pretty good suggestion uh, to go through. So again, you know, and part of this is just from the family and being here and the encouragement that everyone has done. So. Good. Good job. Hi, my name is Afi Zipihi. I'm new in Sacramento and I'm also new in this church. Uh, I started attending this church only because I had to do some volunteer work. I got a ticket, so I ended up doing some volunteer work. And I really fell in love with this uh, church and the people that I met, and Pastor Rick and Pastor Mike. Um, I am a newborn Christian, uh, come from a very uh, long uh, Muslim family. Uh, my immediate family were very diverse. Uh, husband is an atheist. A uh, daughter, the non-believer, and a son is a very, very conservative Christian. Uh, we ended up, my son ended up, uh, you know, having a conversation with my husband because we're worried about He's gaining a lot of weight. He lives in Michigan. And he basically told my husband, you worry about my weight. I'm worried about your salvation. So if you start going to church with mom, I'll, I'll start losing weight. And that's the only reason he started coming to church with me about three years ago. And uh, who will be known, you know, unbeknownst to you, he fell in love with Pastor Mike because he talked in an intellectual level, and uh, his impression was that he's going to come here, and some people are going to read some verses and pray for him and touch him and stuff like that. And he was really, really impressed uh, by the level of connection and intellect and everything, and the sincere. And he felt like this is real. Uh, he felt like uh, he really felt that people are real here, they're not fake. Uh, we attended uh, a fire pit at Ascot and Lisa's uh, house, and I'm grateful for their hospitality. And he, again, uh, connected with Scott, and he was really, really impressed uh, by the level of uh, not commitmental into their religious uh, thoughts and beliefs, and he made sure that they know that he's not a religious guy. So I wanted to thank Pastor Mike, and I wanted to thank Scott and Lisa for welcoming him and really making him what, you know, what faith and what God and what Jesus Christ is all about. Not, the, not a religion, but uh, a faith. And I want all of you guys to pray for him so that he can change through this. I have been changing as well. So uh, I just want to say thank you, and please keep on praying for him and my daughter. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Ann, and I just wanted to piggyback a little bit about the metaphor that Mike used about the ripping of the box. Um, last night at heart, uh, there was a gal who was just completely falling apart. She was anxious. I was doing intake, and we were just, you know, seeing who's going to make it through the night, and how can we help them? Can we get them in? 
And when I, so I'm a big crier, but anyway, when I, when I walked her in, um, I, you know, really, she looked like incrementally better and more stable and calmer as the moments went by. But it was really, you know, from intake on to the next person and the next person and the next person just being so loving towards her. And when I left, um, you know, Karen had already, you know, checked in with her. And it's not really a tearing open of the box. It was like a little rip and a little rip and a little rip. And this is the community that we're so... Jesus just brought us together, just two of those little rips. And when I left, she was smiling, and I, I just saw the power of Jesus Christ in every single person that went through her. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty protective of my time. My time was an hour and a half. You know, somebody else's time was another hour. But by the end, everybody had their arms around this woman. And um, I'm not sure if she made it through the night yet or what happened, but it was definitely the opening door that is the ripping of the box where Jesus leads us here. And I'm just so grateful for this church. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ashley, and I have the privilege of coordinating our welcome team and our communion teams. And one of the good things that I have seen throughout the years that my husband and I have been here is just the heart that everybody here has to serve the church. Um, the welcome team and the communion teams, every, t- every time I email them and say, hey guys, we need an extra person here, an extra person there. I get so much response back that, yes, I'm willing to serve, and I'm here to serve, and I'll be there. And it just shows me just the work that God has done in this church and the level of commitment that everybody has for each other. So it's one of the things that we really appreciate about what this congregation means. Hello, my name is Otelia Sullivan, and I help run the um, women's Bible study group on Tuesday mornings. And like what Mike said earlier about individuals that are such an important part of our church and do so much, I um, feel that many of us see this individual um, doing all kinds of different things, um, but we don't really understand the um, depth of involvement and care for this church, and that's Lorraine Rothenberg who is, um, has taken on our study, and I know she has poured countless hours into the book of Revelation to make sure that she um, presents it to the ladies to the best of her ability, and so many women have been blessed by it, and we have so many ladies that are there and so thankful. So I just really want to thank Lorraine for just being such a wonderful person and giving so much time to the church. Hi, my name is Amber, and I have the privilege of leading um, a young woman's Bible study. They're young because they're younger than me. Um, and I want to tell you how impressed I am that every week um, five or six truly devoted young women show up at my house, and we dive into God's Word and how they teach me so much. I don't teach them anything. They teach me. And when we started the fire pit um, conversations, I said to them, hey, want to go off book? Hey! (laughs) This isn't the, um, you know, an award show, is it? 
in any case, um, I said, do you guys want to try doing some fire pit conversations? It's strange because we're a community group, um, but uh, we could try. And they came up with 24 topics like that. Now, of course, we're not going to spend 24 weeks in a row um, doing that, but we are peppering them in along with our Bible study. And I just want to tell you how formative the Word of God is and how um, beautiful it is to see as we walk through this journey together. And while there is great mystery that God brings to us, His Word just shines the light on our path. So I'm just so privileged to get to be with them. Good morning. Uh, my name is Adam, and I am a father of two boys, um, one who is 18 and just came home from um, the Navy, and then the other one who's a junior high student. And uh, it's been kind of a tumultuous past six months, probably longer, but just the past two months, uh, we had well, the one son come back from the, the Navy and the other one get expelled from school. So it was quite challenging, and um, my wife can tell you I've been on the on the wall about leaving Oak Hills for a while, um, just trying to find connection. And um, I want to first off thank Dick Lane um, for taking the time to um, help my old, older son, just um, who was a runaway constantly. Um, Dick and Travis and Jackie. Um, when you fail as a parent and you see your kids falling apart, they were right there to just come alongside. And um, it's helped me a lot with my younger son uh, with the getting expelled from school because as a parent, it's like, man, what the heck is going on, right? Um, but I saw my younger son take ownership for the first time. He said, yeah. This sucks, but I, I got myself here. Um, so it's been... We talked about this last night, black and white at the same time, right? Good and bad, joy and strife, and, and walking through that, it's just... It's like when somebody passes away that was older and in a lot of pain, there's this joy that... They're at peace now, but there's also this sadness that you're going to... So it's kind of those kind of... So many mixed emotions. Um, last night we went to our second um, fire pit group, and we got really real. Um, I love this opportunity to just be real with people. Um, you walk into a church when you have so many problems, you want to hide them, right? You want to just not really break down those walls, and um, we went to the understanding people thing, and I didn't want to go to that at all. I did it because my wife's friend invited her, and she said, it'd probably be good for you guys. And I was like, talking about ourselves and getting real, um, learning about yoga poses that'll go with um, whatever number we are. <laughs> um, yay, right? Yay! But... Um, <laughs> I'm a number three, and it's a performer. Um, part of that is you're constantly wearing masks, 
And my wife, right before we did this thing, said, I don't get it, Adam. You're never satisfied. And I learned that part of the things with number threes is you don't know who you are. And you're just trying to discover. And so that's where why you're not satisfied. But what's great about it is that Jesus satisfies me. And through that, I can go through all of this. And with people like you, thank you. My name is Helen Lewis, and I would like to continue with the story of the box. So this is the third box story, or fourth of the pastor. Uh, so I went to this uh, fire pit conversation, and uh, before I went there, I did not have a lot of expectation. I, I made a lot of labels in my head, like, oh, these people, I don't know them. Um, but I was prepared with every label for each of them. As soon as I got into their house, the white house, um, I was prepared. Oh, this is so-and-so, and so-and-so. And so I sat there. Um, the conversation went well, very, very well. And I realized that um, all the labels I made on the people were wrong. At the end of the conversation, I was ready to relabel them. But then I realized that part of that problem is I also labeled myself differently from everyone else. Um, and I realized, I learned even from my CLG, uh, Cultural Learning Group, that the problem is not only the label that I put on other people, it's the label that I put on myself that makes a difference. So with my experience in Oak Hills, I'm willing to undo my label and be a normal person <laughs> at the level of everyone else. And you know, as you all know, we put our labels above everyone else. So that is what I'm learning. Thank you. Okay. My name is Chip Schumacher, and for the last several years, I've been involved in a small group with other guys on a Saturday morning. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> on a Saturday morning, at the crack of dark, we, we get up, we get together, we, we meet, and we share about what has happened in the previous week. We share scripture. We talk about our lives. We talk about challenges. We're all going through something at some time or another. I, I've been going through a health challenge. Others have been going through marriage challenge. Others have been going through work challenge. Others have been going through, you name it. Live long enough to go through these challenges. 
My father just passed away. He was 92, but, but it got really tough for him at the end. These guys were there every step of the way. And I'm so proud of them. They send emails, they send texts, they make phone calls. They're there to help him move from his house in Stockton up, up here to an assisted living facility. They gave up their Saturdays to come and lift heavy furniture and do whatever is necessary. My prayer for you, if you're, if you're not in a group, if you don't have a band of brothers or a band of sisters that you can get together with on a regular basis and share authentic, authenticity, share what's real, be, be involved in each other's lives. You need, you need, you need to explore that and, and that. Here's what we found here at Oak Hills. And the guys are here. I see from the faces. And I, I love you guys. And I know that these are, these are guys you call at 2 o'clock in the morning if you, if you have an issue. And I'd be there for them. So, thank you. Hi, my name is Jenna Glenn, and we've only, my husband and my three kids and I, we've only been coming here for a little over a year. But we decided that we, Sean and I, wanted to be involved in the junior high and high school ministry, and they meet Sunday night. We thought that we were going to, you know, have something to offer the kids. But I just wanted to say the kids there are amazing, and I get to hang out especially with some 6th and 7th and 8th graders. Sorry. And they love the Lord. Their walks with God are so fresh and young, and they have taught me a lot. They're so open and joyful and um, loving to each other and to other people. And then, you know, I'm new to the group, so you see certain things at first, um, like my little small group. But then, you know, you see the high school kids that... um, love those junior high girls and know their names and give them hugs and I'm so blessed by the kids there so that's one thing and then there's so many volunteers and leaders there you would be shocked um, at how many people give their time regularly to these kids Um, and so I'm just blessed by a lot of the leaders who are here and just uh, um, Travis and Stephanie and Donnie and um, just pray for that group because it's blossoming. It's awesome. I'm sorry. I'm I'm short, so <laughs> that's not my name. I'm Christina. And Wait, just just take that out. I can't watch I, that. <laughs> Pull it out. There you go. Well done. I know that was kind of painful. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, I just want to say to Randy, Randy is one of the youth leaders at, um, in, in the high school ministry, and he's amazing. I just really, really, really appreciate you. Sorry, I didn't want to cry. Like, that's weird. Um, because, you know, we have been praying for my son, 
and praying and praying that he would just start coming back to church and start being involved and um, because of how you engaged with him, he's been wanting to be here. And it has made a difference. And I really appreciate that. Like, as a single mom, that's pretty awesome. So thank you so much. And to Lorraine, thank you for just empowering us in, um, in our Bible study. I know it does take a lot of time and, um, and your weekends. And you just want to give the best that you can to us. And I just so appreciate it. I mean, every question, you're like, yes, I'll answer it. And you're just so available for us. I, I really, really appreciate it. Hi, my name is Wilhelmina, and I just had a quick um, uh, few words to say about the heart program. I'm so glad that Oak Hills is such a big part of HART, which is, it's, it's a homeless assistance resource team, you don't know what it stands for. But you were talking about the conversations and the fire pits and all this. The conversations that we have going table to table with, with these guests of ours who are just so uh, thankful to be in our midst at Oak Hills. I don't know what it's like at any of the other churches, but you go there and you're trying to drop off a package or something for the next morning and you end up staying and getting involved and listening to these people and their, their conversations and they're so pleased that we see them as people. And if you see HART and they need help, help them. And thanks, O'Kills. So we have obviously, uh, we're, we're late in the game, but that's okay. This is kind of what we wanted to do today. One more good thing we have to talk about is our finances. I've mentioned God's faithfulness in our finances has been uh, extraordinary this year. It's been, or in 2017, it's been extraordinary throughout the years. Your sacrificial giving this past year is indescribable in terms of what it was and where it puts us in terms of our finances. We're obviously excited about the, uh, who we are becoming as a congregation, what God is up to, and the money thing, whether we like it or not, is part of our formation in Jesus, how we deal with it, how we give. It's a reflection of who we are becoming. Our 2017 offering was incredible. We've mentioned this before. Our year-end offering, the goal was $133,000 to pay off a small loan. We brought in $131,500. Now realize this, a year ago, right now, that loan was about $165,000. We did a mid-year offering and a year-round offering, and today it's zero. The whole thing is gone. It's amazing. And among other things, what this allows is it allows us to invest time and energy and resources into ministry to help catalyze the things you heard today, to help people experience the life of God instead of trying to figure out how to survive financially. So we've talked a lot today. We've got one more important thing we have to do. Don't run off. It's time for what we're calling the granddaddy fire pit of them all. So... What I'd like you to do is this. If you have kids, get them, or go out these doors. The ushers are going to open them. You'll see the setup out there. 
and we need to circle around. There will be ushers handing you little pieces of paper. I would encourage you to take one and make a circle around this fire pit out there, and we will commence pyrotechnics shortly. So be on your way.